the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plugged Good morning, Karen. Trying to get set up here. All right. Did you see the uh, CNN oh, marathon no. town hall the night? No. I think they know who you are. Sounds like it. Yes. Uh, let's this start right from the audience. I want to bring in Robbie Goldman. He's a PhD student studying the behavior of active volcanoes at the University of Illinois. At Ur- so I, I, I was the other night. This was on the other night, right? So, okay. So and my phone pops up saying CNN Equality Town Hall. Okay. Know? So I, I'm thinking, oh, this is one of the marathons. You know, it's going to mm-hmm. be on for six hours. You know, right. when they take, you know, everyone gives a half hour, all the Democratic candidates. So I'm thinking it's going to be about the income inequality. Right, so, big issue. Yeah. Banner champagne. All right. Bobby? It wasn't evening, about income equality. Um, as I know you are aware, quick. The rainbow flag just went by. So it's the only. It's okay. It's okay. The left is angry, Jay. It's okay. Okay. I think so is the right. Hey, 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 guys, guys. Yo, guys, chill out, guys. Relax, relax. So this is happening live. Now, if this is at the Republican, I mean, I'm sorry, the Democratic, right? what are the protesters going to be like when they get a Democrat on stage? Terrible. Did you hear that? There's a long and proud tradition in history in the gay, lesbian, and transgender community of protest, and we applaud them for their protest. And then people want to be angry and upset at the lack of attention, particularly in the media, on the lives of transgender. What? I, I agree There's tons man. of media attention. I, I'm not uh, every week. Well, so first you said we applaud them. Then someone complains that, well, we should applaud the protesters. So then Anderson comes back and says, well, I'm not applauding. Well, here's the question. Queer people are not a monolith. Anyways, I can't oh, But I mean, I, you know, wow. It was, it was, you know, so again, I, I, what I'm talking about is income inequality. Right. That was obviously about the LGBT, which is fine. Okay, they did a town hall on that. 
but it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what <laughs> if if they're having protests like this now at supposedly a friendly environment. Well, not, <clears throat> well, did you hear about the Trump rally where people were attacked with hats? They were burning, grabbing people's MAGA hats and burning them, throwing, yes. throwing urine on people. Yes. Like, that's insane. What happened to peaceful? It's okay. Whatever issue you feel strongly about, what's wrong with protesting peacefully and respecting other people's opinion in a very respectful way? That's gone out the window. Yeah. I, I mean, and it, so. It seems crazy. If somebody doesn't agree with you, you're allowed to do whatever. All right. Because it's justified. Get us going here. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. Between 9 and 10, we're a financial educational talk program here every Saturday morning. Um to give you helpful information about issues that have impact your financial life, whether you're retired or or working and thinking about when you can re- afford to retire and what kind of lifestyle you have would like to have in your retirement and how to create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible and how do you deal with those financial disruptors that can derail your financial plan and how do you analyze the choices that you're faced with at different um milestones so that you're getting the most net benefit and we're sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is an ohio registered fee-based fiduciary planning firm we are not investment advisors i know mark what did you say last week it's it's put so well well it, <laughs> it better explain well, it in a okay, different way yeah. so well okay so we don't focus on we don't managing investment right for our clients that's not what i that's think that's not a big misconception we right we we focus on building custom financial models right? right and those are two separate entities completely separate projects uh, you know right. one is built you know investment advisory management is when you are hiring somebody to manage your investments mm-hmm. based on some criteria call it your risk tolerance or whatever that you've discussed with the investment advisor mm-hmm. and that's a very important job we have a lot of volatility going right now and and you know it's it's hard you got to be careful about stocks and bonds and everything else but we have a lot of clients, you know, who come to us, Carrie, that they're quite happy with their investment advisors. They've been working with them a long time and, you know, that they're doing a good job for them in that department. Mm-hmm. What they're looking for is a custom financial plan, you know, it's on, you know on one built on their detailed goals mm-hmm. and objectives, not just some simple 4% rule where, you know, someone right. says, oh, whatever you got, you can take or out 4% program the first or an year. on your line. Yeah. Where, where the investment advisors start as a plan is where it, or where what they consider a financial plan is our step one. Right. And also, we have a lot of clients who come to us who are doing their own investments. Right. Um, and they're very happy doing that. They're mm-hmm. not looking for somebody to uh, manage their investments. Right. They're doing it, and they think they're doing a fine job at it. Um, and they're using maybe no load mutual funds or, you know, and, and then, you know, you know, Fidelity just came out and joined Schwab and the others who are offering uh, free online trading care, you know, you know, to buy ETF stocks. And how I don't know how, how the investment advisors free? are going to compete with that, right. um, quite frankly, but whatever. So but I mean, the investment advisors will pick up on that as well. But I, as an economic model, I don't know how those brokers are going to do it, but right. whatever. So there's a lot of people that, you know, come to the estate planning team because, no, they're not looking for investment management. Management. Uh, what they're looking for is financial planning models, you know, built on different scenarios. You know, a lot of times we talk about plan R and, and or, you know, worst case scenario or, you know, how much can I really spend in retirement? Just don't quote me the 4% rule. Mm-hmm. I get that. But, you know, how does that work in real life? You know, and, and how does that help me decide how much I can spend in the first 
10 years of my retirement as opposed to maybe the final 10 years, you know, so those types of things. So that's why we're a little bit different. Right. And that's what I said. That's a new way to say it. But it, I think it explains it different because even though we get calls all the time um, on that exact issue and we've been around more than 34 years helping people and we are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We're also super service award winners multiple years on Angie's list. We offer a free consultation for you to see if and how our process is appropriate for you. How can we help you and provide you value and benefit? Some people want the comprehensive customized plans. Other people um, come in hourly and maybe have a specific issue. Maybe they want to see if they're in the ballpark. They're still working, getting closer to retirement. But based on my current thinking, am I in the ballpark? What are potential traps? problems. Um, We can help pension election, timing of Social Security, um, and other analysis that we deal with. So we have hourly and retainer options, and we only quote you a fee if we think we can help you um, through the type of planning we offer. And you can schedule a free consultation by phone or in person. Remember, this time of year, we're also looking at year-end planning opportunities. Are there any steps you should be taking before year-end that can minimize future taxes, minimize cost to your heirs, anything else you can do between now and the end of the year since each tax year stands alone and making sure that you're not headed for future tax traps and make sure you're not missing opportunities through IRA distribution and Roth conversion planning. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation or visit the website at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. 2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So a lot of, a lot of, you know, financial data this week, Carrie. It seems like I say that every week, doesn't right. it? Uh, but <laughs> it, it's just, a, it's that time of year. You know, I mean, we, 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 you know, so what do we get this week? Well, we've got some consumer price index. Um, and, you know, again, a, a lot of mixed signals. You know, we talk about the idea that a lot of people are saying, when is the other shoe going to fall? Meaning, when is the U.S. going to go into recession, right? And, you know, is it 2020? Is it 2021? Are you in a camp that still believes it's four or five years out? Um, you know, there's not a lot of consensus, right, between the uh, people on Wall Street versus the people, you know, the economists in the ivory towers versus the politicians. And, so we're everyone's hinging on data, you know, like the, we're all like the Federal Reserve. Right. We're data dependent. Right. So. All right. So consumer price index. Well, it kind of surprising. It came out was flat in September, meaning inflation isn't going up, which means the economy is still not, you know, in jeopardy right. of overheating or going to recession. So all's good. Mm-hmm. But then we we certainly, you know, what also is happening this week, you know, what is going on with China and the trade deals, you know? Oh, and, we're close. And, well, uh, the news latest is we're close to a well, deal. Was that the latest news or was that the news an hour ago? Um, you know, <laughs> the, 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 and then you've got Brexit and, and do we have a Brexit deal? Do we not have a Brexit deal? I could go on and on and on. Right. So not a lot of consensus. But so what the consumer price? OK, the, you know, it's been, you know, relatively flat. So over, year over year, last but like the last 12 months, it's also mm. unchanged at one point seven percent. See, the the Federal Reserve is stymied at how why inflation isn't at two percent. Right. Um, 
So the low rate of inflation reflected in the CPI and other price barometers may allow the Fed more leeway to trim rates if growth in the economy continues to slow. Wall Street puts a high chance of the central bank will reduce rates again at the end of this month. Mm. So that's come, you know, so again, you know, will the Feds cut rates again at the end of this month? They've already had two cuts this year. So and 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 you know, so I heard, you know, the Dallas Fed, you know, Robert Kaplan, you know, pretty smart guy, right, you know, right, Carrie, and, you know, he's being interviewed on Bloomberg and this week, and and they asked him a couple of those questions, um, you know, and, you know, they would, you know, he wouldn't tip his hand, though, whether he thought that the Federal Reserve would cut rates or not right. at the end of this month, you know, there's no way he's going to do that. Okay, um, and they and they question him and say, "Yeah, but the market's already priced it in." And he said, well, I, "He basically his response was, you know, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, you know, he doesn't really care about the, what the stock market thinks, you know, that's right. not what they're, that's not what they judge their decisions on. It they look at, you know, they do like a treasury rate spreads and some other things like that, and job growth or job jobless claims and things like that, you know, some of these other, you know, precursors to mm-hmm. a, a slowing or a, a, a steam ahead economy, right?" Um, and so then, then they asked him, "Well, do you think the Fed will give us guidance when they're going to cut the cycle? Of the, 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 you know, they're in the so. Remember, last December they were still raising. You know, so they've done right. a complete one eighty. Now they're in the cycle of cutting. So they say, hey, hey guys, are you going to throw us a bone? Are you going to tell us when you're done cutting the cycles over?' And he's right. like, well, well, no, no. He goes, that's that's not appropriate for us to do that. So then they said, well, well, what are you trying to accomplish? Because apparently you've been trying to get the the inflation up to two percent. It ain't there." Mm-hmm. You've done two cuts. The economy is still. I mean, what? Why right. are you doing mm-hmm. it? What do you expect to gain? And that was a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he kind of admitted. You know, Kaplan admitted. Well, yeah, he he sees that these cuts that they've been doing isn't like gangbuster results, right? right. Um, but he said they're not going for gangbuster results. Um, he says these cuts still matter, though. Um, and they still help maybe, you know, form the yield curve. They still might give some confidence. You know, you know, he said one right. of the things is, you know, everyone's worried about the business confidence, right? Because right. consumers are spending like, you know, drunken right. sailors, right? And remember, the consumers are going to be the last ones to know there's a recession. Right. You know? right. Um, but, the, but the businesses tighten their belts quicker. Right. Um, and, you know, and they and, and that's the self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Mm-hmm. That, you know, saying, hey, if everyone starts n- no having that confidence, you know, the, bi- the the businesses stop their capital expenditures. Right. They stop hiring, you know, and, you know, and they and not that they're saying that right. they, we're going to have a recession tomorrow, but yet they're not expand. You know, they don't mm-hmm. have enough confidence to think it's still four or five years out. Right. So, you know, so, you know, he said so what Kaplan was explaining is that so even these cuts, even though minor and maybe you don't think it's having huge results and maybe just enough. It's the little things that could maybe, you know, navigate this soft landing that they're trying to do. Right. And then they said, well, yeah, but what happens if we do have a recession and you and you've already used all your ammunition? You know, because if you cut rates now, what are you going to cut when we really need it? Right. Um, And, you know, he said, well, you know, that's that's that soft. That's that Goldilocks answer. You know, you 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 know, you you know, he said the Fed, we use the the rate cutting the monetary policy when we think it can help and when we can think it can help now. So if if we can help it now, can we keep this expansion going? So he said, we're not going to, you know, use up all our ammunition, but we're, you know, we're, you know, so I, to me, I think we're going to get a rate cut at the end of mm-hmm. this month. Um, you know, so we'll see. 
Now, another news, Mark, I don't know if you had seen um, Stuart Varney is a Fox business contributor that talks. He was saying, you know, when they talk about actually when they've done analysis and I don't remember in the article where they said they said the Trump tax cuts actually brought in more money to the Treasury than expected. And they said the problem in America is spending. They said, um, actually, it says um, this year, more money than ever poured in from income taxes and corporate taxes. Um, The tax cuts paid for themselves. The problem in this country is spending. And he said that all the Democratic candidates want to spend more, spend more, spend more, that we need to get a handle on spending. Well, the Republicans spend a lot of money, too. Right? No, no, no. They're just saying these plans are going to cost trillions, not billions. Well, that's the question is, you know, how much, you know, how uh, a lot of people think, though, that that Trump tax cut windfall is over, that that will not be sustainable. Because, again, you know, if you don't have a, a, you know, the GDP is trending below 2%, not, Mm -hmm. you know, upwards to 3 or 4%. So, you know, it it is, we'll see. So, you know, so, but but are we stalling right now? I, I, no, I mean. I tell you, the Browns stalled Monday night, didn't they, Carrie? I mean, no, what I was didn't that? watch. Oh God, I'm sure Eric, sound engineer extraordinaire, wasn't happy about that <laughs> performance of the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. Uh, they're going to do better this week, and they'll bounce back, Carrie. But um, anyway, so yeah, and so what is Kaplan, you know, saying the GDP? What the Fed's expecting GDP to be uh, second half of 2019, 1.7 percent? Is that something to get excited about? Um, and they think about the same for 2020, but. isn't a recession. It's just the slow, sluggish growth, which is back to the idea that, okay, if you're trying to build your plan R at home, that's our, you know, recession plan scenario or recovery plan scenario. How do you protect yourself? Well, hopefully you still have time to to build, you know, and and protect yourself for this, uh, you know, recession that at some point most people believe will happen. Um, the long, you know, so don't wait till it happens. Right. That's the point. So if, if we've got some, you know, but how do you do that? Well, one is, uh, again, rebalance your portfolio. Don't mm-hmm. take on more risk than what you need to be. OK. Right. So if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to build your plan based on a 60, 40 type portfolio. Well, then, by all means, make sure you're at 60, 40. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you've gone. If you strayed above that, you know, you know, you lock in some gains, perhaps, and, and try to get back there. Um, if you think that uh, you're under that, you may have to, you know, you may still be okay, but maybe you need to run your plan at a lower growth rate. Then, um, you know, the second thing you could do is make sure you have an adequate cash reserve, right? So that you know you can still, you know, enough cash to cover your spending gap. If you're in retirement, you know, maybe that's the extra big items that you're planning in the next couple of years. Maybe it's a trip to Hawaii. Maybe it's a new home scenario. Maybe it's a uh, college education. Maybe it's a new automobile. You know, any of these things that we're going to be large cash expenditures. And you, you know, and 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 instead of you know, you know, the idea is that if we do have an you know an economic downturn happening in the same year, you are going to you know spend a lot of money to buy something you know a couple of things happen one you panic right and 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 or you know you or let's say you don't want to let's say you don't want to sell your stocks when you're down i mean that's the, whole, right. that's the thing a lot of people don't want to sell their stocks when they're down right, right. add insult um, to injury so you know so what you may say well i guess i won't buy that car this year or i guess i won't help my grandchildren with their college education or i won't be able to retire you know because and, you, you know, don't know 
You know, so the idea is having a, a plan R is saying that you've tried to forecast that. And so one of the protections against an upcoming recession could be, uh, do you have enough uh, adequate cash reserve? And then the other thing is build your plan R. In other words, don't make that need your reaction. I mean, uh, chances are we're going to have another recession right. in and, your life. And you can model that in. Right. For some of our clients that we've done this throughout the years or even this year, they wanted to see that some people will be affected and have to adjust their spending. Other people, you know what, even if there is a recession, even using very aggressive as far as um, losses and a slow recovery, they're still going to be okay. It doesn't really impact them. I guess that's the thing if you don't have a way to measure. And another thing is how much what we do, as we said, we don't manage assets, but how we build in those plans, what growth rate do you need to be okay? And then looking at how how much growth versus fixed, maybe you're taking on more risk than you need to to be okay. Right. And that's a, and that's the times we coordinate a lot with our clients, investment advisors. So we have a discussion about that, you know, once the, the economic model is up and running. But we, you, Carrie, you mentioned something about, you know, mod, how do you model in? So, you know, if you're going to try to model in, uh, uh, if you're doing this at home and you're going to try to model in an economic downturn, right. In other words, the idea is you, you book the loss in the year you think it's going to happen. Now, when is that going to happen? I don't know. You know, Bloomberg says there's a 25% chance of the recession in the next 12 months. Citigroup, their latest, they're saying about a 30% chance in the next 12 months. Uh, JP Morgan, they're saying it's about 35 to 40% that's okay, going to happen in the next 12 months. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What does your investment advisor think? Nobody knows the answer, but the idea is hopefully it's a lot long enough that you, you'll be prepared for it, right? Don't wait till it happens. Right. You know, you know, remember, when you see in the headlines that we're in a recession, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, the idea of, so let's say you've got that 60-40 portfolio. So how would you, okay, well, you know, typically if you think there's going to be a 20%, that would be the technical definition of right. a reset or a, a, a bear market crash or, you know, similar to a recession. Typically recessions along with bear market crashes, 20 to 25% declines, right? Now we had a, we had a bad one in 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a 50% decline, right, um, in the S&P 500. But, I mean, that's not the normal one, right? Um, but it, let's so, so if you think there's going to be a 20% decline, well, you're not going to be down 20 because you're only 60% in the market, right, in your 60-40 portfolio. So you're going to be down 12. So you may model in a 12% loss. You know, then you want to, maybe the next year you're not going to model in any zero, you know, zero gain loss, zero gain, because now we're in recovery. And depending on how long you want to build your recovery, two, 300 days, maybe longer to be safe, to be conservative. Right. So then you're saying, okay, but then then after the zero, then maybe you're back to half your growth rate and then maybe you're back to your normal, you know, that that curve back up. Um, now, if you think there's going to be a 22% decline, okay, then you're maybe going to be down 13%. If you think there's going to be a 25% decline, okay, then maybe you're 60% is you're going to be down 15%. Obviously, if you think that we're going to have another 50% decline, like we did twice in the last decade in a 10-year mm-hmm. period, it's never happened before. Could it happen again? I don't know. That's how conservative you want to be. Maybe you want to ask the robot to run you three models. One, your base case scenario, one plan A, one worst case scenario. Then you say, Mark, what if we do have a 50% decline in the S&P? Okay, well, if I'm if you're sixty percent in stocks, you're going to be down. What you're going to be down twenty five? You know what are you going to be down? Right, thirty percent. 
you know, if you're 60 percent in the market. So so the idea is, you know, that's what you know. So you may want to run a couple of those. And the idea is what you want to find, because remember, we're doing this just for fun because, you know, no one really believes a recession can happen in the next 12 months. Right, Kerry? Um, but the, the reason why we're doing this for fun is because what we're saying is that does it have a material effect on the longevity of your financial plan? In other words, it doesn't necessarily affect your life the year it happens, especially if you did the first two parts, which you rebalanced to a risk tolerance right. and. And you had your cash reserve set up to cover your, you know, the, the spending during a recession. Right. By the way, if you don't sell your stocks down in a recession or a bear market crash, guess what? You still collect the dividends. And in, 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 a, in, a, in a low interest rate world, the dividends may be better than what you're getting in a CD. Okay, not you know, just don't forget about that, right? So, so the idea is, you know, you you, you want to see though, does this recession, if it does happen, especially by the way, if you're planning a major life changing event in the next few years, like going into retirement or you know having this major right. purchase, right? But the idea is saying, okay, how does it affect? the longevity. So if your base case scenario was lasting until you're age 95, do I hear 100? Whatever. You told the robot you want it lasting to, right? right? We're assuming that plan A is working, right? Or else you're not done building plan A, quite frankly. Correct. So let's say plan A is working, but now you want to say, hey, I'm going to dupe this over. I'm going to keep everything the same, but I'm going to model in an economic downturn in the next two to three years with a recovery. Am I still okay at 95? And if I'm not, at least I know what adjustments I need to make. And those are things the estate planning team addresses through our planning process. Remember, we have hourly and retainer options, and we help people through the analysis, implementate recommendations and implementation. We've been around more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area and offer a free consultation by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights, and we um, have locations around the greater Cleveland area that we can meet for your convenience. You can call the estate planning team, leave a message where we can call you on Monday, or you can visit the website. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. The website has podcasts or previous shows. You can sign up for our newsletter. We don't have any more classes scheduled this year. But once I do, I will put those on the newsletter. And anybody on the newsletter will hear about that first. Also, we'll keep you posted any financial news that goes on. This week, I sent, I did send some things about um, Medicare and elections and open enrollment earlier this week. So yeah, that's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And as we said, the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And over those 34 years, we certainly have had to deal with a lot of recessions, a lot of, you know, tax law changes, and a lot of presidential campaign promises that never come to fruition, right? Mm -hmm. So don't get too caught up. With the debates, and because we have the debate coming up, the Ohio debate, right? Um, this you're going to listen to it. No, it's I in Ohio, not. Carrie. It's on the fifteenth. No, um, and uh, no, yeah. it just is aggravating to me. It's too early. Um, but, you know, and Tulsi Gabbard, you know, is a, is a, is an outside favorite of a lot of people, right? She's supposed to. I remember she didn't make the cut on the last two. Okay, but apparently, but apparently, I guess this week she's threatening not to show up. Hmm. Um, that'll be some controversy. I think she'll end up doing it, but we'll see. Because And why is she threatening not to show up? Because she believes that, once again, the Democratic powers, you know, you know, is, is uh, 
you know, obstructing the, all the other candidates who, you know, right. Like remember, like that. They, they remember in the, when in the last election, Hillary. Clinton, remember they kind of put the bash on uh, Bernie Sanders, right? And and a lot of people thought how the Democrats uh, handled Bernie unfairly in that last election. So I guess Tulsi's saying the same thing's happening to her. We'll see. Um, but I tell you one thing, it, you know, if we do just if it is just a sluggish economy and let's say Trump gets some, um, I don't know if it's a, a, a China trade deal. Maybe it's just a, you know, a, a, tr- a, 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 a truce. <laughs> right. Maybe it's just a truce is enough, you know, just to say we're not going to increase tariffs and right. we're not going to continue this tit for tat, you know, uh, taxes. You know, so uh, that may be enough. But the point is, if we do just, you know, keep this expansion going and, 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 Cher- and Jerome Powell and his other Fed guys can navigate this soft landing. I mean, my point is. You know, with the low rates right now, I mean, this deep, the, talk about the Democrats that do nothing, Democrats. When are they going to get around to doing something other than impeachment of Trump? Um, you know, what about infrastructure spending? What happened to that? I mean, if you're not going to do infrastructure, uh, you know, planning at when, you know, Treasury rates, the 30 year Treasury rates are hovering around 2 percent. When are you going to do them? Um, you know, you know, the, the, you know, I, I just don't get, carry on. Well, I'm getting one up, but I mean, you know, if you looked at if you look at a 40 year chart, carry of all okay. U.S. Treasury rates, you know, it's like a it's like a it's a dull sawtooth straight line straight down. I, I mean, you're going from, you know, 1980, maybe the 30 year rates were about 13 percent. Oh, my you know, God. Right now it's about two, two point oh eight. I mean, if, if the government's going to spend money to infrastructure, do it now. Okay, um, you're never gonna be able to do it right now. And well, I list one person's in the in our government's doing infrastructure. Did you see um, Melania Trump? Right, you, this okay. week you didn't see her no. groundbreaking on the new you know White House tennis pavilion. No. Oh yeah, I guess Donald was probably too busy with some other things going on. I think he's a plenty busy trying negotiations and an impeachment deal. But yeah, so so Melania, she's moving full straight ahead with her infrastructure spending. She's uh, apparently, uh, you know, making sure that the new tennis pavilion is is uh, going forward. Um, maybe Melania can help with the, you know, getting the USMCA passed. You know, that would help this country. You know, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi. I, you know, I mean, come on, let's do something. Um, yeah. Too busy arguing, disagreeing. Okay. So as we had talked about last month, Carrie, you know, we, we, we are, you know, with all the economic data coming out, we did get, you know, confirmation that you're so if you're a Social Security benefit, uh, right, your Social Security benefit will be going up in 2020 by 1.6 percent. Right. Um, and that's um, I guess that's good news. Right. Mm-hmm. Not as good, you know, in 2028, uh, you know, 2019, um, it was a big jump. Right. It was like 2.8 percent. Right. And then the previous year, I think it was two percent. And then, you know, going from there, the 10 year average is about one point four percent. So it's still coming in a little bit. You know, the one point six is coming in better than the 10 year you know, rolling average. Um, and, you know, how they calculate that, they use the you know, CPI urban wage earners or CPIW um, Bureau of Labor Statistics gives us that. Um, and so it's not something that the government makes up. It is based on, you know, current data. 
Um, but you know, but but because though there is you know an increase in Social Security, and now we're getting these you know latest quarterly CPI figures, right? We you know the next thing is that everybody asks is well, Mark, how much is my Medicare B going to go up? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, as you know, Carrie, right now if you started Medicare B in 2019, the cost is one hundred thirty five dollars and fifty cents a month, right? Mm-hmm. And that's for each of you if you're if you're you know both collecting uh, so well if you're both on so uh, Medicare, um, all right. So the early projections now is that that cost in 2020 will be 144 dollars and 30 cents. Okay, that's about a six and a half percent increase. Ouch. So you know you know sometimes like I said sometimes I tell you well what you know. <laughs> If you're trying to build a, a retirement plan, are you using a conservative, realistic assumption for health insurance increases? Right, but that, but the way healthcare um, costs are going up now, we would typically use five percent as a default. Right, we have some clients who are using six. Right, but I'm saying five. We we didn't even we broke that out a long time ago. Where the day to day inflationary expense at three and a half, we broke out the healthcare a long time ago at five, for to account for some years it's going to be higher, some years not quite five. Right. Yeah. Hopefully I, it'll yeah so, slow down. You know, so yeah, I mean, so that was early now, but that leads to them will probably have to be dusting off the hold harmless rules, right? Because there is uh, protection for taxpayers. Um, that, you know, and, and, and it's called the home harmers. And what that prevents is prevents Part B premium increases from being larger than any Social Security benefit increases, okay? And about 70% of, of uh, beneficiaries are covered by the hold harmless, um, you, you know. Now, so who isn't covered by the hold harmless? Well, if you're starting new on Medicare, you're not in that group. You'll pay the new higher amount no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are also a high income, you know, where you're getting over those Medicare thresholds. Remember, we're, we're right. you know, um, we talked about those those Medicare thresholds where you get the IRMA adjustment. And, you know, so if you're in the upper tiers there, you're not held in the hold harmless category. Um, so we'll see that. um you know, you know, again, how that affects, and you could say, well, um, the you know, the problem though, you know, when when I was talking about you know income inequality though, is, is the fact that Carrie that there's a lot of people that in this country that Social Security is their primary retirement income, right? Right. And of course, there's a lot of people in this country that it's not the primary retirement income, um, and that's the big debate we have is the income inequality that's happening in this country. Right. The very wealthy and the very non-wealthy and that the middle has kind of disappeared. Um, it's kind of vanished. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the problem is, you know, since 2000, even with the Social Security cost of living increases, if you look at, at a real spendable, you know, buying power, it's lost about 33 percent since 2000. That is not a good trend. You know, that's and now, you know, that's what's building. You know, you could say so a lot of people, you know, are doing fine. But, you know, a lot of other people are saying, no, it isn't so fine. Um, the and and then you hear some of the, you know, back to the some of the, the presidential candidates campaign promises. Right. You'll hear the, you know, the two leaders, you know, uh, uh, you know, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, they're talking about 
that well, especially Elizabeth Warren. You know, she, she's saying things like, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna increase Social Security benefits for everybody." Remember the one right. she wanted to give everybody a two hundred dollars more. I mean, I, that's a far outcry, but right. but I mean, she's mentioned it other way. With she's kind of backed off. I think the two hundred mm, a month more for everyone, but she's still talking about. It. And one of the things that they may be doing is playing around with that cost of living increase. Right. Okay. So they, some of them want to change that. You know, to a uh, to maybe what's called the, um, the the CPI for the elderly. You know, which is more looking at what is the you know what typically what an elderly person. So you're looking at medical prescriptions, yeah, and, and, and some things that they're more in tune to buy, and then kind of calculating on that. So that's another way that they can backdoor you know increase right. Social Security benefits is not by changing the law based what the benefits are based on, but saying we are going to change the cost of living adjustments. Um, now you may say, well, Mark, I'm not on you know I'm not collecting Social Security right now, right? So how does this affect me? Why do I care? Well, you might, right? Because if you're still working, okay, you're paying into Social Security. And the, I'm sure, did they announce then what the threshold is for well, how, what wages are taxed? Now we're going to, yeah, Carrie. So now we're going to the next step because since there is going to be, you know, now cost of living increases going on and there is, you know, inflation in that area, then that means they're going to be raising that cap, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so as you know, you know, only a certain level of your income is subject to the Social Security. So, for example, for 2019, that cap is 132900 Okay. Um, and, you know, based on that cap, you know, the, the percentage of Social Security tax that you pay in that's coming out of your paycheck is about $8,240. Okay. So now this isn't, you know, written, remember, this isn't written in stone yet, but these are what these you know, the, 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 the think tanks that put out, you know, think about the numbers, um, you know, this is what they're projecting that will be. Um, you know, again, the government can always at the last minute, you know, change things, but it's mostly the Senior Citizens League. They do a really good job of, of forecasting these numbers. So what they're, you know, what they're saying is they, they're saying right now the projection for 2020, okay, is that the cap is going to go up to 137700 Okay, about a three point six percent increase. So you can say, well, Mark, wait a second, what's going on? The 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 the, the it's a one point six percent increase in Social Security benefits, but why is why isn't it only a one one point six percent increase in the cap? If I'm well, no, because they need to raise the revenue. Yeah, because it's all based on they have to collect a certain amount of uh, you know we as taxpayers have to pay for a certain percentage of the whole Social Security cost. I'm surprised it's only three point six percent increase, frankly. Mm-hmm. So well, well, that's just based on that's not a law change. Yeah, I mean the the Honestly, Democratic socialists carry want that number going up way no, way right, higher. But I'm surprised it isn't just because to cover the expense. Um, now, so so I guess I'm thinking, oh, three, you know, three point six isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Right. So okay. Well, so so if if, if so if you're trying to track that number. Um, you know, uh, or, you know, what you're trying to build in, what your social security taxes are going to be next year. Um, and you've always capped out. Okay. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, so this year they, they took, you know, 8,240 out of your paycheck. If you capped out next year, uh, projections, they'll be taking out 8,537 out of your, um, paycheck. Um, it also affects, you know, the, the increase in the colleague carry can also affect if you're trying to, you know, get your 40 credits in for Social mm-hmm. Security. You know, some people, 
they, they, they get to the end of their career, Carrie, right? But maybe they, they weren't always in the Social Security system. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they were in the Social Security system in the early years, right? Then they might have switched to a public sector job. Right. And now and, and they're realizing that they didn't quite get the 40 credits. Right. right. So they're trying to, you know, and they're, and they're doing an encore career at the end to try to get back into the Social Security system to try to get those 40 credits. Right. So they're trying to figure out, you know, they want the, you know, they say, Mark, how much longer do, how, do I have to work at, you know, the Home Depot or something just so I can get. Right. We've had a lot of people got a part time job just to or seasonal. It's worth it if you can get in the Social Security. Absolutely. Benefit. Even if you're getting a public pension, it may still mm-hmm. be worth it. It depends. Right. I mean, that's why, you know, don't ask your neighbor what they did. Right. You know, you just got to kind of run your own numbers. Um, but you know, so that, so, so for like for 2019, the cost of, you know, getting a, a credit carry is $1,360. Okay. So in 2020, that's going up to 1,410, you know, is, is the projection, um, you know, and, and, you know, the maximum you can get is four credits a year. So those are some, you know, things that are happening. If you, if you're getting into, you know, some detailed planning or if you're, you know, and, and again, a lot of those things that when we build a, a, a when we build a model for our clients, we kind of build in these numbers so that you don't have to worry about them. All right. And those are things the estate planning teams help people with. And we've been helping people for more than 34 years through unbiased, objective advice and analysis. Remember, we're a fee-based fiduciary planning organization registered with the state of Ohio. And if you'd like to schedule a free consultation by phone or in person or get more information about who we are and what we do, you can also visit our website. And remember, our podcasts on previous shows are listed there. Um, You can sign up for the newsletter for financial news alerts, updates on any... um, financial news that may impact you and upcoming classes that we'll have in 2020. You can schedule a free consultation. Remember, this is the time time of the year that we look at year-end planning opportunities. If you're someone who's not or retired and thinking about maybe you don't need them, but you might want to look at distributions from your tax-qualified assets, company plans, and IRAs. A lot of times there are those opportunities where you have a window where you can take out those assets at a more favorable rate, um, especially if you're in the camp that believes tax rates will go up in the future. You want to take advantage of opportunities while they last. Also, Roth conversions. I mean, you can use that money for spending. If not, Roth conversion analysis, whether you're maxing out the zero bracket, 10%, 12%. Some people want to max out the 22%. And um, call the estate planning team. We'll even do that free analysis just for you um, to see if there are opportunities you should be looking at just for coming in. And you can, we're scheduling now through the end of the year. But if you do want to look at your and planning issues, you need to get on the calendar by the end of November. So you have time to implement because sometimes people will call and there's no time to actually implement the steps and make sure they're done correctly and on time. Call the estate planning team at 440 440- Two three nine twenty ninety. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And in that year-end analysis, there are every year we have clients with cases. Last week I talked about the person she can take about six thousand. Some years we had six to ten thousand she can take out and max out the zero bracket. We have people maxing out the twelve percent bracket. Or some people say, hey, if I don't have to pay 
any more taxes than I did this year? How much can I do for a Roth conversion analysis? And it's that coordinated effort of advisor getting the tax preparer, or if you have a CPA or if you do your own taxes, we don't prepare taxes, but we do have that professional software so we can do those projections. And if there's steps to be implemented, getting on the phone, making sure if there's a Roth conversion with your investment advisor. And also I want to remind people, if you're taking out, um, remember your minimum required distribution cannot be converted to a Roth. So if you're thinking about and you haven't done and you're doing required minimum distributions, you still have to do before you and make sure that's in two separate steps. You don't want to try to do that all in one. Make sure they're just two distinct steps of doing the required minimum. And you don't want to be short on that either. That's another area that we're helping people with because you don't want to miss that. And a lot of times you can cover withholdings through IRA distributions to make sure that your safe harbors are met. Or sometimes we have clients that are working that aren't maximizing their company plan contributions. Maybe they they just want to um, contribute enough to get under one of those tax thresholds to make sure maybe they're getting a bonus or something's happening. Um, or there's um, stock options hitting the tax return and looking at all that year end to make sure that you're maximizing your benefits and really getting the most net benefit from the financial choices that you make. And there are opportunities in every economic situation. Um, We always say we don't always know the um, answers, but we can definitely tell you what questions you should be asking and asking to which advisors or your HR department. And remember, that's how we can help. And you can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So what else is going on? Um, You know, we got some bad news, you know, this week from GE that they're going to, um, you know, put a freeze on their pension plans, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's something that has come up over the years that we've been helping clients. And it, it's, it, goes to a, it goes to a bigger planning, you know, issue about if you do have a pension election in your future, mm-hmm. how do you make the right election? I'm going to, and how often do we hear, because we joke about it, um, I'm going to make, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to call Joe, who retired a month ago, what he elected. Right. He has a wife, too, so we're similar. Yeah, I'm sure he did his homework. Right. So and, I'm going to ask, I'm going to see what Joe did. He's married, so. Yeah, whatever he did, I'm sure he did, made the right election. Right. And, and, and you know, that, yeah, so that's backyard, you know, financial planning, we mm-hmm. call that. Um, save the backyard for, miss, the, you know, the barbecue and the uh, You miss the a lot of beverage. opportunities. Yeah. It, or you can leave money on the table. Yeah, because exa- you might not exactly have the same pension plan offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might not have the exact same goals and objectives or in retirement. the exact same other assets in different categories or income replacement needs. Right. So, um, and, but it is, it is an ongoing problem because this country has a huge pension deficit, right? Mm-hmm. That's because they were um, a little aggressive in their uh, growth rates on their projections early on. Well, also, and no one was immune to the lost decade. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you had, you know, as we always said, there were close to two fifty percent drops in the S&P 500 in a, in a 10 year period. Ouch. Um, as well as, you know, you saw that same time period, interest rates going to 45-year rate lows. See, it's not only the equity side that affects these pension 
uh, you know, endowments. It's the fixed side because the, the, the people that manage the pension funds can't put 100% in stocks. That'd be way too aggressive, right? So they have to put, you know, whatever portion they're putting in the fixed, but the fixed side is, you know, with these ultra low interest rates are getting nothing. So it's a catch-22, right? Because, you know, even... Um, because, you know, Carrie, a lot of times the way those pension plans work, especially if you've got a lump sum offer, right? right? You know, they, they calculate what your lump sum is based on, you know, part of the actuary calculation is what they think that the, you know, the investments are going to do. In other words, if they give you a lump sum and you invested it, it's supposed to mirror what they would be paying you out if you took the pension annuity, the lifetime right. annuity, right? So it's somewhat based on actuary, you know, future calculations of what interest rates are going to be. So technically, but it works kind of like in reverse. So you're thinking, well, if because actually if interest rates are going to go lower, mm-hmm. then technically that means the lump sum has got to be higher. Right. Okay, which is a problem right? mm-hmm. um, because, it, you know, the, the they're saying because normally you don't think that way. Normally right. you think that interest rates are going to be going up, you know, right. and, and and quite frankly, if interest rates are going up, your lump sum may offer may be going down. Which why sometimes people with them are saying, if I don't retire on this date, I'm going to my lump sum's going to go down. So I'm going to retire and take the lump sum while it's well, higher. That was happening certainly when, <laughs> when, when the feds were in their cycle of raising rates right. and and then they did the 180, and now they're in the cycle of lowering rates. Um, so what's the Fed going to do next year? I don't know. Um, but the idea is, you know, that's part of this, you know, calculation. And, and you know, you're trying to determine, well, you know, do I, you know, take the lump sum or do I take the, the pension annuity? Um and and again, a lot of this doesn't affect a lot of people because a lot of these defined benefit plans are have gone by the wayside, Carrie. Right. Right. Um, you know the the you know one you know because you know the biggest one is because the the private industry you know went away you know from the um, went away from the what am I trying to say the 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 defined you know the the defined benefit plans to the four hundred one ks right okay um, and then when they started the four hundred one ks. You know, people, uh, you know, that took that huge liability off the, the private, you know, companies. And then it was mm-hmm. up to the people. So, you know, if so, we'll talk, you know, for the next, you know, a couple of times, we'll talk about, um, you know, if you've got a pension election, you know, how do you make the decision? And again, it's the same thing. You know, now you, you run, you need to run a financial analysis. Um, and, you know, if you've never done that before, you know, come on in, Carrie, why don't you give the, the, the number out for people, how they come okay. in and see us. And then, um, but also, you know, we'll, we'll stay on this subject, you know, for the next couple of shows. Right. And really with the pension analysis, I mean, even just looking at that, we look at different growth rates. And in fact, we've even modeled in, if you took the lump sum and there was a recession, and a slow growth, how does that affect lump sum versus and comparing? So a lot of time people have five or six just summary of analysis so they're more comfortable making those decisions. And that's what good planning does, does enough number crunching so you can see if I follow this path, this is the outcome. If I follow B, this is the C. And so the decision making is easy and objective and less emotional. So it's giving you what you want clearly and it also gives you clarity of what you want to happen can happen and if things 
don't go the way as planned. You know exactly what maneuvers you need to make to be okay. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. Visit financialfoodforthought.com. Okay. Well, we also, you know, in the few minutes left we have, Kara, not only did we have the, the uh, CNN town hall on equality, gender, I guess, or, you know, LGBT, but, but we also had our own, you know, uh, Frank Jackson, you know, Mayor Cleveland, giving his State of the City address, right? Here. Oh. The economic growth and prosperity of this region. Now, this is what the I thought the is, CNN did. Will it, from it? will it function in an equitable way? Here we go. Equity. One way of answering these questions is to look at who currently benefits and does it currently function in an equitable way. All the growth is playing out unevenly, not just in the Cleveland region, but across the country. Under the current model for economic growth and prosperity, fewer are benefiting, more becoming part of the group associated with inequities and disparities. In the year 2000, the top 33% of the greater Cleveland's households took home 49% of the region's income. By 2017, that increased to 53.6% of the region's income. Conversely, the income share in the middle third decreased from 31.4% to 28.7%. And the bottom third from 19.6% to 17.7%. The nation's biggest, the nation's largest success stories under the current way of measuring success have the worst disparity in income, particularly between whites and people of color. All right. So, again, now, now we have it on the local level. Right. You know, that everybody, you know, so there's this big push of how do we get, how do we solve the income inequality of this country? And you hear all those statistics now, how the upper percentage is, has so much of right. the income and so much of the net worth. Right. That's this big push for the democratic socialists to say mm. we have to start taxing the net worth because there's not yeah, enough no. income of the wealthy to tax. So you're going to tax so, people more for being successful? So what was driving all this? Well, Yeah, I don't... Okay, well, there are a couple of guys what, out of University of Berkeley, Carrie. Okay. One is my Emmanuel Saez and one's Gabriel Well, it Zuckman. had to be California, Mark. Um, and they put out a white paper, Brookings Industry... Uh, Brookings Institute, and they put on white paper, and they're and it was a pretty interesting article. I'm going to touch on that, and they've got this, and they're coming out with a book. And oh, geez. they're the ones who are laying this whole groundwork of how to prepare a path to tax the wealth of this country to solve the growing income inequality. Stay Goodness. tuned. Call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, go Browns! Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.